welcome to your rockstar podcast show a podcast to understand personal success stories from successful people each month we'll cover topics on achievements and technology so let's dive in in today's podcast we'll talk to Alan Kramer who is director of Escra Consulting first of all thanks to Alan for taking his time to speak with us today so Alan please give us a brief outline of your career so far Okay. Well, I'm on my I'm on my fourth uh business that that I've started. I did two when I was quite young, and then I spent about uh, 25 years working in in corporate IT roles, ending up as a an international CIO for one of the major consult consulting companies. And I also did a stint with Gartner Consulting before that. And then when that finished up about 8 years ago it was time to you know to 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 start some other things and I started a um consulting uh business that was focusing on project management and project staffing and you know basically more of a resource augmentation for banks and other large institutions here in Australia and then sold that after 4 years we we did pretty well we got up to 15 people and then I sold that off to a a specialist company that focuses on you know basically body shopping and uh, and then started focusing on what we like to think of as CIO as a service for for small medium organizations and also what uh, our other specialism is called project rescue because that's pretty much what I've done my whole career in corporate which is come into IT programs that have uh not gone well and get them sorted out which is usually people and process issues and then get them back on track and help the organizations uh, get the get the program delivered and then you know get their benefits realization flowing so i think that in my my years in uh, in corporate as an employee i had three main it leadership roles one was for a large public services organization in the us with uh, 3 million members and uh, basically ran their it which you know operated you know about 75 sites and then I worked for Gartner Consulting in in Washington DC where I was their head of uh public sector ERP and worked on 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 massive ERP implementations in an advisory capacity for Navy DOD and uh, a couple of other organizations that were so secret that we had to like leave our phones at the door and do, it was really quite interesting and then and then I switched I I came to Australia working for PricewaterhouseCoopers and spent a number of years running a global programs for them and deploying, you know, IT systems across up to 150 different countries for them and before I started my my couple of businesses here in Australia. And Ellen, I can see yet you have very prestigious uh, background as in roles so you was CIO and uh, you have all the uh, uh, c suite roles so what what decide you to turn into entrepreneur and open your own uh, consulting well i i i think that when i was when I was very young and and had you know before i had gone to work in in corporate world i had you know done two small businesses one that was you know home remodeling and diy type you know support business for mm-hmm. for people and i used that to pay for uni and then i did that for a couple of years after that and kind of I really liked having my own business and having control but I also wanted to get into you know much more complex I knew I'd be bored to tears with that after you know a few years mm-hmm. so 
I'd always enjoyed designing processes and, and ways of working and making things more efficient and effective. And so mm-hmm. I, I got a job working for the, a, a large government agency. And the first thing they did was they said, oh, good, you can redesign our whole method for delivering pharmacies in 250 hospitals. And mm-hmm. in order to make that work, I had to you know, learn a whole lot about IT. And then so gradually over the early years of my career, I just slid into the IT space because you can't do any business change without a successful IT program. And mm. and so I, you know, and then it just turned out that, you know, that was the key to getting things done. And, and I really enjoyed, you know, moving with the technology and dealing with all the changes. And a lot of my colleagues were, were scared of all the, the change and the dynamism that the, that the uh, technology industry offered. And I was like, well, bring it on. You know, I don't want to get mm-hmm. bored. And the great thing about yeah. working in technology is about every three years, almost 100% of what, what you knew three years ago is obsolete. You've had to learn a whole new thing again. Yes. Yep. It's game changing very fast. Yeah. So, so once I left PwC and, uh, you know, basically had, you know, all the options in the world in, in terms of what I wanted to do, I thought, if I don't start something now, I'll, I'll just, I just never will. And the thought mm-hmm. of going back into, Another, you know, 60, 70 hour a week job working for someone else, even if it paid well, really wasn't that attractive. And I really wanted, if I was going to spend 60, 70 hours a week working for someone, it, it, it ought to be me. And, you know, and perhaps some business partners, you know, that, that were like-minded. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it took me about six months to, to line up the, 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 the business and get, I had one main partner and we got, we got some others involved over the first few months to get started and uh, yeah it just kind of kind of went from there but i think that it was it was really just you know if i didn't take the opportunity then i was just going to either you know just mess around and, and not do anything interesting or i was going to uh, just go back into some some dull corporate job and i just didn't really want to do that didn't want to miss that that opportunity one more time Mm, yep, good. And basically, you need pig-headed, persistent to quit the job. And what if you want to make your business successful? It's, it's like shoveling a keyhole through a, uh, <laughs> sorry, sho- shoveling a cabbage through a keyhole. You know, to start off with, we are like one man army doing all the things. It's it's funny because you know if you if you gr- if you take the approach, you know, you have to back yourself. You have to be really self confident. And mm-hmm. sometimes you need to get your own cheer squad lined up to, to help yourself yep. because you, you, there are moments where things are very dark and very dull and, and you think, oh, yep. my gosh. And, and you would have seen this in your own experience, I think. You know, you have not just your employees, but you need your family and your friends, just, just if nothing else, just to be cheerleaders and sounding boards. And that's, that's a really important thing I learned is that, you know, you, you, you can get all the smart people lined up to work with you, but you still, you still need that support from your your family and friends, I think, to be a successful entrepreneur. And they also have to be patient because then you're going to be cranky sometimes and you're going to be too busy to do the normal fun things with them and stuff like that while you're really getting getting a business up and running. But I think it's really rewarding to to do that. And in addition to, I think, the thing that, that I, I learned was you really just have to, you have to be sort of a self-starter because yes. we saw that with some of the, people that, that we started the business after I left PricewaterhouseCoopers is they were they were sitting there going, well, what am I supposed to do, Alan? And I was saying to them, well, you have your role, just go and do. And they, 
they'd spent so long working in a in a in a corporate structure where they're, they're smart people. They were very successful in, in in working in a big company, but they didn't mm-hmm. actually know how to figure out what to do without a lot of big company structure around them. So you have to be prepared to to figure out what has to be done, not just do it. And and I think that's a big lesson. I guess I kind of knew it instinctively, but when I saw some of my my colleagues and business partners struggle with it, it was something I hadn't realized. And and so it I learned that and it and it as you look to 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 go into business with people or to make people key members of your business, you give them an equity stake or make them joint owners or something. It's really important that that they're self-starters and they know how to figure out what to do, not just know how to do what their job role says, which is very different. Yes, yes, that's that's true. And I was reading this um, biography uh, for, for Steve Jobs, and he was saying we hire these smart people to give us to give us the directions, not that we give them the directions. So which is basically the nutshell of what we mean is if we if we're going to hire someone as as they as to be more smarter than us they should be giving us directions to grow our business that's that's absolutely true and and you know of course Steve, Steve Jobs you know perfected a lot of things and was just just ultimately clever and i think one of the great things about him is he he never oversold himself he was always sort of somehow managed to be like one of the most successful people on the planet and yet somehow come across as humble. And I was always impressed with how he managed to do that and, and be confident yet, you know, not, you know, yet humble and, and you really, and, and likable. I mean, I never met him, but you always thought, well, I'd really like to meet him because he'd be neat to have a beer with or, you know, to chat with. And, but I think that if you look at, at, at that, I mean, even when I worked in corporate, I worked out pretty early in my career that, if you hired people that were smart and you got out of their way and let them do their job and, and your job was to basically be their coach and their cheerleader and make sure they had the right resources, they would prosper. You, you know, I, in my role, you know, kept getting promoted. So I must've been doing something right. I wasn't doing all the work. And so mm-hmm. it just, if you can get, get good people. And I think that goes to another key lesson for me, which is, is that, when you're hiring people and you know you, there's lots of statistics about you know you hire people and you know, mm. you know it takes nine months before to recover the costs but it, it's just when you're hiring senior roles and you know like you know senior program managers senior client relationship managers senior technical folks that have to you know deal with your clients if you take the time and get the right one you know your business will succeed if you shortcut mm. that one bad hire can set can set your business back you know, can, can cost you customers, can cost you trust, can, can, can cost your, your brand and reputation hugely. Mm -hmm. And it can wreck your team. If you don't, if you don't get people that are, you don't want everybody to be alike, but you want them to be compatible. You need them to be Mm -hmm. able to, to relate successfully as a team. And, you know, not all personalities. And most of the people I know that work in IT, we're, we tend to either be you know, very, very strong, you know, or we tend to be a lot of really smart IT people are kind of quiet, you know, they're not, they're not Mm. expressive that sometimes they don't, they don't always like to just sit around and and chit chat. 
So you, you have to account for all those different styles of interacting, but make everyone feel empowered and, and part of the team. And if you get someone in that doesn't doesn't want to play that way, it can it can really wreck your team. And I certainly had had seen that happen. I never had it happen to me very badly, but certainly in my corporate life, you, you'd, you'd see people come in and you'd go, "Oh my god, that's you just know within a week that person." was going to cause havoc. And, uh, you know, I would I'd get my team together sometimes and say, we got to watch this one so that it doesn't mess us up. But yeah, it's it's really interesting how, you know, how important, how difficult it is for a lot of the mm. leaders I've worked with all the way up to the, to the C-suite. All that's changed mm. a lot in my career. It's, it's yep. really difficult to, for some of them to just hire people that are, you know, smarter than them and, and, and that don't always have the same opinion but they can really make them successful as well as uh, everyone else. Makes sense. And Ellen, do you have any role models? You follow any, any role models? Yeah, but that, not, not big, not big stars, you know, not, not the, not, not the Bill Gates's or the, you know, the rock stars of our, of our industry. But what mm -hmm. I've, I've met over the years, you know, a lot of, you know, sort of really quiet, you know, people, wise people, who who you know just everyone who will tell you something that just just makes sense and i had a a boss early in my career who you know when i first got into the it stuff and 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 in many ways he was he was my biggest role model because he what he taught me was is that that this technology stuff is just is not the problem it's just the really super easy bit it's just you know if it's hard we'll figure it out but he taught me to, to, to how to separate the technology problems from the people and the process problems, which were usually what was stuffing things up. The, the users, us not working effectively, not interacting, not understanding, them not understanding, and, and managing expectations and just getting the, the team aspect of it to work. And then, then the technical stuff could be solved. But, um, you know, I mean, I'm old enough that I've had, I've had some, you know, if I, I guess if I look back at, at growing up and the people you, you, you think you want to be like, We've learned so much about what some of those people were like in their dark side. I don't know that mm -hmm. any of my role models yeah. have passed the have passed the test. But I mean, I think that mm. I, I, you know, if you think about who who would you, who would I have liked to have been, you know, maybe as a modern, you know, I don't know that I ever would have been a been a Steve Jobs. But I've got I've got a lot of time for Jeff Jeff Bezos and what he's done with Amazon, and then and then how he's diversified. Mm. And I read I read a lot about him. I mean, I was a huge fan of, of Barack Obama, not not to be political, but because of the way he wanted to try to get people to relate together more effectively. And I think there were huge, huge lessons in that that, you know, you can apply in any business and industry. And so I guess, you know, my, 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 I guess my, I mean, of course, we all grew up in, in my group, you know, sort of a little bit worshiping, you know, Bill Gates and what, what he stood for because he, he seemed like, you know, like, like one of us and I think in a way he mm. kind of was, but no, I think it's, 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 it's finding those mentors. And, and I think that, you know, for me is, is, as I've gone through my career, I've worked with probably seven or eight different, different mentors, you know, to, mm. to help me and guide me. And I do a lot more mentoring now, but I still seek out people who are, these days younger and wiser than I am, but it doesn't really matter what their age is, but who can cause me to really think about, you know, change my paradigm and not get, not get, not just think about things in the same way all the time.
don't know if that answers your question, but it's uh, yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. Pick that's a, pretty much answered. Pick a that's, real that's hero. The question. <laughs> That is spot on. <laughs> and, and you know, uh, Alan, what, what turns you on? I mean, there are no roses and sunshines every day. Sometimes we feel down. How you keep, how you get motivated for the next day, next hour or, or next minute? If I'm, if I'm down or, or not feeling that motivated, I just think about, because I think about my customers and I think about the people I work with. 95% of who are really great and really appreciate what, what we do. And I think about my team, you know, and, and, and that, you know, what they're doing and, and trying to do. And that, that really gets me up. Mm -hmm. you know, I know that what I'm going to do is going to be appreciated, but there's always that one cast. None, none of us want to ever talk to him or her, but, you know, mm -hmm. setting them aside, we, we, we focus on the other 95% and, in the business we're doing now, it's, it's, you know, it's very, you know, when you're in advisory, it's quite personal and it's very dependent on, you know, the personal interactions and, and having really good interactions with people. And we do. And as a result, mm -hmm. you know, that's it. And so, sometimes we just, you know, we just sit around and, and have a bit of a bitch session because, you know, it's just what you have to do. And everybody vents yep. and then, and, and then we figure out, and then we go after we vent, and then we say, do we need to solve anything or do we, are we done? And if we need to solve a problem, if we need to deal with a customer differently or deal with a problem, then, then we, we do. But yeah, other than a bit of, bit of venting, but you know, we focus on the fact that 95 plus percent of our customers and the people we deal with at our customers are, are good and good to deal with, sometimes a little picky, sometimes a little cranky, but genuinely good people. And if they're not, we fire them. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Basically, you can't appease anyone. So you have heard that 80-20 rule. So 20 of 20, 80% of your income or your business will come from 20% of your good customers. So Indeed. Yeah. And, and repeat customers are, are the best because they already know you. You already know them. You can add value yeah. immediately. And let's be honest, you don't have a whole lot of, you know, sales and business development cost to go with it either you can uh, you can just get to work for them and and do it at a, you know because you don't have those costs you know you save you save them money you save you save yourself money everyone benefits and again assuming there's someone that you've worked with before typically there's good relationships in place and we just we just we start right out of the gate you know the project just mm -hmm. goes and you know we're happy yep. to get back together and work on something Cool. And then, Ellen, last one. How you define how you define success? Success is is to me is probably two things. One is is that that I and and and, and all of my team, to the extent we can achieve that, you know, uh, feel good about what we're doing and enjoy what we're doing most of the time. You know that mm -hmm. life is short, and you know there's a lot of people that do jobs that they're miserable at. And so success mm -hmm. is, is doing a job that you, you enjoy. And like we talked a minute ago, even if you're a bit down, that you, it's something that you just pick yourself up from. Uh, mm -hmm. I'll have a bad day. And, and, I, and I think the other success is that, that, is that feeling that you've genuinely helped someone in, in some way. Mm -hmm. If not each day, at least, you know, clearly throughout, throughout the week or the month, you know, and that you, mm -hmm. you've genuinely can, contributed to to that and, and equally that you know i try to make sure that it goes both ways and that that 
you know, I recognize, you know, at least three times a day, if I haven't thanked someone that I've probably done something wrong. You know, you really mm. just need to make sure that people feel, you know, not, not falsely, but, but feel valued. And it, you know, as part of that relationship, that part of the value is, is just, you know, they're happy to deal with you and you're happy to deal with them. And then, you know, doing the work itself becomes, you know, gets back to that, that, that fun quotient, but then equally at the mm. end, you, you kind of, you get to the end of the day and say, well, gee, today I, you know, I worked, you know, I worked hard or I, you know, I had an easy day or whatever, but, you know, I can look back and say, well, we helped, you know, her with this, mm-hmm. him with that, and this organization make that decision. I mean, an example today, we, you know, one of my customers is getting ready to do a big, you know, financial system upgrade and we've been through a lot of due diligence. And today she mm-hmm. said, does that mean I can sign the contract? <laughs> <laughs> I said, absolutely. And then you can go out and well, you can't go out, but you can go have a drink at home. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it's it's making it's making you know. I mean, when you genuinely, even though it's it's some make your customers happy, and and then you know it's that's a that's a big takeaway for for me. And and if I'm working with people who don't share that, we generally they can't stand and, me, and I can't <laughs> I can't help them. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot for taking your time to speak with us today. Pleasure. Uh, uh, have a nice day. Well, thanks. Thanks for so much. Yeah. Take care.